UFC 230 Post-Fight Thoughts. Dun-dun-dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before we jump into this next episode, as usual, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com, listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So we had UFC 230 go on last night, and before I get into the big one, the DC Lewis fight, I'm going to go over a couple of just observations on some of the other cards, the other fights that were on the main card. Um, The first one I want to go over, and and we didn't do uh, post-fight predictions on any of these but DC and Lewis, and that will of course be linked if you're listening to this on YouTube. Click the icon in the upper right corner and it will link back to the post-fight prediction podcast. So the last style bender and Brunson. The thing I want to touch on was on this is obviously Israel is an amazing striker and he won the fight fairly easy. But the, the thing I'm looking at him is in the future. He's obviously an elite striker. But the real benefit he gets with that is because he's in MMA. And you may be going, what? What are you talking about? Everybody strikes in MMA. But everybody doesn't strike like the last style bender does in MMA. And because he's so good on the feet, and most MMA fighters do not have technical striking. I speak about this all the time. How loyal fighters are. How they will stick with trainers and coaches and teams and gyms. Even though they get less than stellar results. A perfect example of that was the um, Roxy Edwards fight. That that was ridiculous. She Roxy should have far, far, far better striking. Than what she does after that many fights. I mean there really is no excuse. You've got the commentator sitting there saying it doesn't come natural to her. My lord if that hasn't come natural to you. Or you haven't at least learned to be proficient in it. After that many fights it's never going to happen. I don't believe that's the case at all. It probably doesn't come natural to her simply because she's never been comfortable and never been taught correctly you can look at her at her punching at her strikes i mean they're just the epitome of arm punches and that's probably giving too much credit in all honesty it's just amazing to me that after that many fights that you can strike like that and the pinnacle of the sport in the UFC, it shouldn't even happen. And I don't care if it's women's MMA or men. There's enough competition out there. There's enough training partners now. Heck, most women train with men. So there's no excuse for your striking to look like that. It was a piss poor performance. I did think that fight was probably going to go to a decision. It did. I thought Roxy would be a little more competitive than what she was. I, I thought the line was a little bit too high for Sarge. Uh, going in and then she missed weight as well but overall it was just a striking that just wow like it really it really took me took me for a loop there like this should not be happening at this stage of the game this stage of her career in the UFC it just shouldn't be so and you always get oh it wasn't my best performance and thank all my coach I'd be pissed I don't understand this like yeah fighters hold a certain amount of responsibility for themselves but you have to be taught correctly They are seeing her in the gym day after day after day. Throw those exact same punches. And nobody, nobody has decided to say, Roxy, you're not doing this correctly. That tells me 
all I need to know right there. There's no reason that they shouldn't have been working on this. And she's had way too many fights to say, oh, well, it's coming along. It's not. Like, at some point, you have to show progression. You have to show that you understand the concepts and that you're making improvement. Otherwise, you better look for a different line of work. So, I guess that's neither here nor there. We didn't even pick on the fight. But it, it just goes back to how Israel's striking is so far leaps and bounds better than the average MMA fighter. And this is going to be a huge issue for anybody who fights him, especially... If the guy is smart, which it sounds like he is, he's saying the right things about his wrestling defense. Listen, he doesn't have to be a Gracie on the mat. All he has to do is have good takedown defense. This is what a, he doesn't have to be an amazing grappler. He just has to have good takedown defense. If you can't take him down, you're going to find it extremely difficult, especially with MMA striking, to outstrike this guy. And he had a little bit of patience in there with Brunson last night, which I think is key. Sometimes early on he would rush in, and that makes it more vulnerable to the takedown. I'm not even really worried about... Uh, the MMA strikers out striking him. I do think he has a fatal flaw of going back and pulling uh, straight back with his chin up. He was actually knocked out in kickboxing doing that exact same thing. But the difference is that's kickboxing. Could a wild haymaker from an MMA fighter land when he does that? Sure. If you mistime that, it's an issue. Even guys like Tyson Fury with the Wilder fight coming up, and we'll be talking about that. That's a huge issue because these guys get so comfortable they're so used to doing it. They're so used to it working. They're so used to using it against every single body that it's a very difficult habit to break. And he's already 15-0. and 0. He's got 13 KOs, TKOs. This is in MMA. So he's going to be set in that striking mode, not to mention all of his kickboxing matches. So, of course, that's something I see as a vulnerability on the feet. But overall, most people going into their matches with the last style bender are going to do what? We got to take them down. We got to take him down. We got to take him down because they already know their striking is nowhere near as good as his. And he's bringing enough power that he can put you out. And he's being patient enough now that he's not rushing himself and he can pick his spots. And I mentioned this on social media uh, last night after the fight. I go, this is what he should do. There's no reason to rush. There's no reason the last style bender should rush his punches. I don't care if it's a one-round knockout, a three-round knockout, a three-round decision. He simply doesn't need to do it. Because these guys' defensive liabilities are so large Basically, any time he wants to throw, he's going to be able to land. That's just the truth of the matter. MMA striking has always been abysmal, in my opinion, for the most part, as far as technique and defense and having your hands in the right positions. And we go round and round and round with this. Well, it's wrestling. I have to have my hands here and head kicks and blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, when you're talking the boxing aspect of MMA, I always thought it was poor. There's very few fighters who actually do it correctly. And Israel is going to take advantage of that every single time. If you're an MMA fighter coming in with MMA striking against the last style bender, man, you better hope you can take him down because he is going to pick you apart on the feet. The other fight was the Chris Weidman Jacare fight. Wow, that was a good fight. Going into the second round, I believe I had it 1 1. I know most people had it 2 0, Chris. Um, I believe two of the judges had it 2-0 Chris as well. So that was pretty much a locked up 
fight for Chris if he could survive the third round, but he didn't. He's 14 and four now, and all of his four losses have come by four uh, by KO or TKO, all four of them. And in fact, that's happened in his last five fights. He has lost four of his last five fights. That that's I mean that's insane. Lost four of your last four. I mean, lost four of your last five and and four by KO TKO. That's a real problem. Now, the competition has been good, of course. It's not like he's fighting bum. We're talking Rockhold, uh, Romero, Musasi. He did beat Gastelum. Then you got Jacare. But the fact of the matter is at 185, this guy just does not look like the same guy. This was a guy beating Belfour, beating Silva twice, beating Machida, beating Mark Munoz, Damian Maya. I mean, what is going on here? This drop-off after his loss to Rockhold has just been amazing to see. He's only 34. In fact, he looked fairly good in the fight. Like, on the feet, he was picking Jacare apart for the most part. He was hurting him. He was pretty much controlling it. Even his defense was all right. I know they were, uh, the commentators, Joe Rowan and stuff, were uh, plotting the way he rolls with that, with that right hand from uh Jacare, but really, I don't think that's, I really don't think it's intentional. Honestly, like, it just seems to me like he's pulling his head out, out of the way, and it looks like he's rolling with the punches. Maybe, maybe that's something he's practiced, but the reason I say that is because his hand was down. So his left hand is completely down by his waist, and then he's quote unquote rolling the right hand. The way that he's getting knocked out. In his fights, that hand should not be down at all. I don't care if you're freaking Floyd Mayweather in there rolling right hands and then coming back with counters. The fact of the matter is if you get hit on the chinny-chin-chin and go to sleep, you can't afford the risk. That's a risk versus reward type of situation that we always talk about when it comes to betting. Well, in the fight, you have risk versus reward as well. So you roll the punch and come back with a right hand. It didn't knock Jacare out. I haven't seen it knock anybody out. So why the hell are you training that? You better keep your hands up and protect that chin. You better learn how to slip punches and come back with counters. Not roll like that because if you roll and you miss time, boom, shugalaka. Good night. You're out. And that's what happened here. He didn't roll, but he just got hit on top of the head. He didn't slip. He just got hit on top of the head and he just went out. And I thought it was amazing that Jacare tried to get the ref in to stop the fight. That was the right thing to do. You could see Chris was totally gone, totally out of it. Obviously, the ref was inept. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. He made Jacare hit him another three or four times. Obviously, you could see Jacare didn't want to do it. He put the least amount of effort into stopping him after that, and that was the right thing to do. He could have seriously, seriously hurt Chris if he had went in for the kill. That was a, a walk-off knockout right there. Like There was no reason for the follow-up punches. Uh, I doubt anything will happen to the ref. It was, oh, you know mistake mistakes happen all the time these are fighters lives on the line but as far as chris goes where does he go from here it's tough man they even asked dana white at the post-fight presser like what do we do with chris here what, what you, what's the plan does it go up to 205 i mean wh what does he do i don't see the 205 how do you take the guy who's getting blasted out by you know guys at 185 and put him up to 205 I mean, how does that even work? These guys should be crushing him. And it's the same thing. Like, it just doesn't seem like he has the durability to absorb 
a decent amount of punches that a fighter needs to absorb. And if that's the case, I think you got to hang him up. It's not that he's losing to the competition. It's the way he's losing. Like, remember, this guy was undefeated on, on this amazing run. And then all of a sudden, boom, lost KO, boom, lost KO, boom, lost KO, boom, lost KO. Like one after another after another. It's a serious problem. You can't say he needs to take time off. I think this was the longest layoff of his career going into the Jacare fight. So that obviously didn't help. So they, they really, I mean, you've better, you better get your freaking defense up there like your Pernell Whitaker or you really probably should be looking for another line of work because he's he hasn't shown that he can beat these guys at this level anymore. And he hasn't shown that he's really even being able to go the distance with him. So they're finishing him. And even like last night's performance, it looked like he was on the way to winning it. And at the very least going three, right? I, I still think they probably would have gave it. Again, I think I said two judges had him winning. But he gets stopped. So that throws out all that good work where it looked good and where he was dominating certain rounds and busting up Jacare and hurting him. It all goes out the window because in the end, the result was your ass got knocked out again. Big problems there. Tough issues. Uh, for the 40-year-old, uh, I think he's 40 anyway, uh, Jacare. He's up there. He's got to be close to 40. Um, yeah, he's right back in it. He came off a loss from Gastelum, ironically. And now with this win, I'm sure he's going to get another big fight up there. Uh, obviously, he, he's right in the mix at 185 pounds. Um, DC and Lewis, heading into that, we talked about that we thought it was going to be a mismatch. On paper, it certainly was. And skill-wise, we also believed it was. We mentioned that we thought the submission was there simply because of the way Lewis defends... Um, well, I don't I don't really want to call it the fence. I would say the way he just has a lack of understanding of the ground. So he doesn't really defend anything. Like he basically just tries to power lift people off and use his power to stand up. And that's one of the things we talked about. Like there isn't any technique. Like he's not using a butterfly guard. He's not going from closed guard. And he's not trying to sweep you. There's none of this. He's just like. Like that. And he just stands up. He actually did it with DC. No joke. DC talked about it. After the fight, he said, I've got wrist control on this guy. And he just stands up like he was amazed at how strong he is. So it's worked against many, 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 many people. We talked about going in that it was very difficult. You can do it against many, 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 many people. But Cormier is a different type of beast, especially with his wrestling, his control, and even his grappling, like I said. Um, so he did that. He made that mistake that we spoke about. It's one of the reasons I couldn't get out of my head. That DC was going to sub him. I just couldn't get it out of my head. Like uh, one of the guys I speak with on uh, social media who, who's a capper. He asked me, you know, gun to head. What do you pay? I said, I just can't get it out of my head that DC is going to be able to sub him. And he had actually picked DC by sub two and it came in. So that was even more amazing. But a, a lot of us had this idea, you know, you just couldn't get out of here. I said, on paper, it shouldn't happen. On paper, you shouldn't even be talking about DC sub. He had four subs going into that match. But it was the style matchup, the way that Lewis gets up when he's off the ground, the way that he just power, uh, power lifts people off, and the way that he just turns to his knees and tries to stand up. 
I thought it was there. And it was there, and he submitted him in the second round. He didn't take too much damage. I did like the um, switch kicks from Lewis during the fight. I thought that was a nice uh, wrinkle to throw in there. DC saw them coming because obviously Lewis isn't kicking like John Jones. So DC was able to block him. And then, of course, shoot for the takedown. That was the best thing he did. Went for that single leg as much as he could. The ankle pick was awesome. But on the ground, it, it is what we expected. The thing that really shocked me more than anything was the responses to the fight after it happened. After he dominates him, basically doesn't even really take a punch. Um, dominates him for a round and then subs him in the second round. Everybody and their brother was saying, Oh, this was a gimme fight for DC. Well, we knew that was going to happen. What an easy fight for DC. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. After Lewis's fight, where he came from behind in the third round, last seconds knockout, everybody wanted this fight. Everybody's champion this fight. Everybody thinks he has a puncher's chance. The lines come out. Everybody bets Lewis. I posted this on social media after the fight. Depending on the book, DC opened anywhere at minus 900 and close that fight time anywhere to minus 350 that is an insane amount of money across all these books now of course some were higher maybe he closed at 400 and some books he was maybe opened at 700 but the fact of the matter is all the money across all the books came in on lewis and now the same people that were betting Lewis to upset DC. Say, oh yeah, we knew this was going to happen. Oh, he should have rematched Stipe. This, this is what I tell you guys all the time. There's a huge difference from doing this legitimately and seriously and being quote unquote pro about it to being just a casual better. Now, I'm not putting those people down for being casual betters. But what I'm saying is they were casual betters who bet with their hearts, who love the story of Lewis, who love the puncher's chance of Lewis, who'd love to see the big upset last second KO of DC. Then after the fight said, ah, I already knew this was going to happen. That's what I'm talking about. That's very, that's, that's extremely hypocritical here. You're saying Lewis has all of these chances to win and you love the story and you're willing to put down your hard-earned cash and then after the fight you go, ah, I already knew that was going to happen. That doesn't even make any sense. How could you, well, if you knew it was going to happen, you wouldn't have bet on Lewis. Obviously, it's just a way to soften the blow. It was the same thing that we saw in the boxing match of uh, Nonito Donaire and Burnett, Ryan Burnett. Um... There, it was just absolute chaos in that fight after because Dan Raphael, who's a uh, boxing reporter, long time, been around forever, reported it as a stoppage. And actually, Burnett threw his back out, couldn't continue. And it got into this whole gigantic thing about retired versus TKO and KO. They're not the same thing. It doesn't matter if that's what they use for wagering. We're talking about reporting. And I mean, it was a giant, giant mess. And then we got into round, uh, what round it was, what time it was. I was doing that most of the time before I was getting ready to watch the UFC. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. But all it was, was they're trying to soften the blow. 
they like Burnett. They bet on Burnett. However it is to soften the blow of, well, he didn't get stopped. Yeah, technically he did get stopped. I don't care if BoxRec lists, lists it as RTD. That's fine. Go look at his record, his win-loss record. You will see his loss will be listed as a KO loss. But I digress. I went over this over and over with people on social media. It's just, that's what people do, man. You, you've got you've to make excuses, a way to soften the blow to try to justify which way you were on. Listen, sometimes when I lose stuff, I do the same thing. Like, oh, I thought this, he could have won this, or if he would have done this, or the judges screwed him. It's just human nature. But I just thought it was hilarious with that much money coming in on Lewis across all these books and all of the excitement and the hype around this fight. After his last fight, it was ridiculous. I don't know many people. I can't recall many people that didn't want to see this fight happen. Even if they didn't think Lewis had a shot, which I didn't, I still said I wanted to see it. I still said I think he deserved the title shot. I believe he was ranked two. Stipe's one. Uh, DC just fought Stipe and knocked him out. So there was no reason that he shouldn't fight Lewis, in all honesty. I just didn't think it was going to be competitive, and I thought DC would dominate him. But sure, I wanted to see the fight too. The difference was I didn't bet on Lewis and then say, oh, I thought, yeah, I thought DC was just going to destroy him. It was an easy fight. He should have done this. He should have fought this guy. He should be, you know, fighting John Jones. I mean, it's just crazy. It just goes on and on and on and on. I just thought it was interesting. Those of you who cap for a living or do it semi-seriously will know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you'll know that you've probably had the same interactions on your channels or saw on your on your feed with people that were really high on the fight and even put money behind Lewis and calling for upsets and everything else. And then after the fight saying that it was a no-brainer that DC was going to win. The books love these type of things guys like they they loved all that money that came in on lewis because like we mentioned going in like we had to pay a premium to bet dc inside and that premium was actually low i had mentioned that before i thought a straight bet was low even at 900 it was low why was it low why did they because i'm telling you hype affects stuff they 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 were like People were like clamoring to bet on Lewis and be like, oh, this is going to be an amazing upset. What a story. This, right? You start getting all this nonsense in your head and making up this whole soap opera about how it's going to go and how it's going to end. And he's going to eat Popeye's chicken at the post fight, you know, with the belt. And Brock Lesnar's going to come in and slap him and he's going to body slam. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely insane. But overall, DC did what he was supposed to do. I mean, the guy is 40 years old doing this. Um, an interesting thing that I have to tell you guys before we end this was um, he, DC said at the post-fight presser, he actually slipped his back out the day of the fight. Can you believe this? So he says he sneezes, his back goes out. They are actually so worried about his back, they thought he might have to pull out the day of the fight. He said he was sitting there in his own mind going, how am I going to explain this? That I sneezed, blew my back out and can't fight. Like it was that it was getting down to like tick tock, tick tock. He was extremely worried. He said 
they they had uh, masseuse people up there and they were doing, you know, massage and it just wasn't working. So he said, let me take a nap. I'll get up, see how I feel. So he said he took a nap, got up, walked around outside and it started to loosen up. And then he just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And he even said that he was worried about it though. So in the locker room, he said that's why he had a whole bunch of clothes on. He was trying to keep his heat up, his sweat up because he didn't want to get cold and have his back tighten up. But that, that's an amazing thing. That's what I'm talking about with combat sports, right? So you make your picks, you, you cap it, and then that's something you just simply can't factor in. Again, I didn't hear about it before the fight. I didn't hear about it during the fight. He didn't say it uh, at the uh, with the um, interview with Rogan. He just said it at the post-fight. So until post-fight, I had no idea that the guy had blown his back out or slipped his back out. The thing that he mentioned, though, he goes, I'm just getting old, you know. He said, that's what that is. You're sneezing, your back's going out. He's like, I'm 40 years old. And that makes a lot of sense because I know a lot of people are saying they don't like the Brock fight or he should rematch Stipe and then fight John Jones. The guy is 40, man. He's been competing with wrestling and an MMA at the highest pinnacle of the sport for how long? I mean, you imagine your average 40 year old and granted dc isn't your average 40 year old but still look at all the aches and pains they're walking around with imagine what this guy walks around with on a daily basis and then the training camps he has to go through he even mentioned about the three week mark in every single training camp his back goes out and he has to give it a few days rest and then he goes back into training camp so this is nothing new for him it's just it happened on the day of the fight and that's a serious thing because obviously they only had a three week training camp so that makes sense that his back went out and then he didn't have as much time to recover so luckily it worked out and he was able to fight and then still get the win but i i don't think people really understand what these high level athletes go through how long they've been training these guys even in boxing man these guys are five and six years old when they start and then you're talking you know, even like Chris, he's 34 years old. It doesn't seem old when you're talking about just, oh, you're only 34. But his wear and tear in his body, he's old, man. That's the same thing when you talk about taking punches. A guy can be 22, 22 years old and shot, man. It's, it's how many punches your body can take and then that's it. So I think that's an issue for DC. I do think that's probably one of the bigger issues of why he's retiring. It seems to be he loves competing. He loves fighting. Like I said, he's been doing it for a very long time as far as competing at the highest levels of sport. But, you know, you can only do it so long. And I think he knows he's knocking on that, you know, knocking on that door of where he's going to be forced to. So it's better to go out on your own terms. That's really the only reason I don't have a problem from the DC side of him fighting Brock. It's a huge payday. I don't think Brock deserves it at all. Like I said on my Twitter uh, on my Twitter pinned tweet, pop hot, get immediate title shot. That's for Brock because he doesn't deserve it. But that's a huge money payday. So I can't be mad with DC if he wants, you know, this as his retirement fight in 2019. I think they're talking about March, like two weeks before he turns 40. And then he fights Brock and then retires. No John Jones fight, no Stipe rematch. Let those guys, those guys still have years and years to fight. Let them go do what they're going to do get the vacant titles, fight for it, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. But he did say he would only go down to 205 for John Jones. At first, I thought it sounded like maybe he was going to fight Brock and then move down and fight Jones. 
But the more I listen to him, the more it doesn't really sound like that. Because he said if Brock if Brock doesn't fight, he will rematch Stipe. I can't imagine him rematching Stipe and then having another fight for John Jones. Unless it's just pure competitiveness in him and that he wants to be able to beat Jones. But then again, he's risking another loss and then you're going to retire off that loss having lost to John Jones three times. I don't know. I don't really see it. Jones is up there sitting like he's all high and mighty saying DC doesn't deserve a shot. You guys know if you followed me what I think about John Jones. I honestly think he's a piece of garbage. So I'm not going to get into what this guy says. He just spits diarrhea out of his mouth every time he talks. It's just amazing to me the amount of people that come to this guy's defense. If he wasn't as good as a fighter as he is, People would just consider him the utter garbage of society, the things that he's done. But he gets a pass because he's an excellent fighter. And he is. He's an elite fighter. So I think we're going to see DC retire in 2019. I think personally it's the right move for him. He's been dominant. He's beaten everybody he's faced except Jones. And then, of course, you know, you have all the issues with Jones, which I won't go into. Um, He moved up back up to heavyweight he started as heavyweight moved down moved back up to heavyweight won the title defended the title will probably fight brock that would be his last fight in 2019 and then where do you go from there i've heard stuff that he wants to do wwe stuff um after he retires i'm sure he'd make a lot of money doing that he also mentioned that he might have some huge tv deal Um, going on that he couldn't really give specifics about but he said would make him more money than he made in his fighting career so that sounds like something that he has waiting in the wings for him so I think at this stage of the game he's done what he's supposed to do he's passed all his drug tests he hasn't been busted outside of the octagon for doing crazy stuff seems like he's just a cool family dude that you know does what he's supposed to do takes his you know body through what he can for as long as he can goes out competes wins and does some commentary on the side and go back and does it again so i mean what do you expect from the guy he can't fight forever you know i get where people are coming from as a fan because I enjoy watching DC. Like I said, he seems like a good guy. He does things the right way. You like to see people like that rewarded. But just you're talking about physically and mentally, you can only put your body and mind through so much for so long. And I think he's accomplished everything he's going to accomplish. The only thing that would be a feather in his cap, obviously, is beating John Jones. But again, you're talking about him being forced to go into a less than ideal situation because he has to cut all that weight again. And he'll be heavyweight for what? two or even three fights at that point to cut back down to 205, which you know he had a hard time cutting when he was light heavyweight champ. He said he he cuts from like 250 to go to 205. So the, the fighting weight that he's fighting at right now is usually the weight he starts cutting to get down to 205. So it would be the same thing. Would that be the best DC at 205 at 40 years old to fight John Jones who's already an amazing phenomenal fighter that that is a tough ask even if he made the weight easily the guy is 40 Jones has already beaten him twice he's an excellent fighter so it's never going to be easy to beat John so I mean I just I just don't I get where he's coming from like from a competitive I got to get this back but business wise like legacy wise I don't I don't think you need it I think you just you ride off into the sunset if you beat Brock or Stipe 
you beat one of those guys, you ride off into the sunset and you make a boatload of money doing something else. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.